Welcome to another episode of Signal Fire Radio, a show about ambitious leadership for ambitious leaders. We have extremely special guest, stand-up comedian, and host of the morning show on Modern Rock 98.7, Randy Slack. We're just going to have some fun today. Get ready to laugh a little bit right here with us on Signal Fire Radio. So Of Signal Fire Radio. Matthew, ooh, I was a little quick on the trigger there. I'm so nervous about this episode. I know, judging. I know. He's looking at us already. We've got, look at these. Yeah, I know. We've got a legit, like, radio god legend in the town of Wilmington who's only been here for a year, right, Randy? Like, I've just... been here three years. Three years? Yeah. But you are. I'm such a legend <laughs> that I've been here for three years, and you're like, ah, new guy in town. But what? you, wait, wait, wait. It's, I only met you a year ago, yeah, I yeah, guess yeah. is what it was. But you weren't on Modern Rock. 2018, February 2018 is when I started at Modern Rock 98.7. Oh, jeez. And man. I'm the host of Slack on Sports ESPN Wilmington okay. as well. All right. Well, I'm the new guy in town still, okay. clearly, because you've been here for three years. But, Matt, you, we've got somebody who actually knows how to do the business of radio. Here in our studio. Well, and the tactics we were just discussing. I know. That. It's a for real job, right, dude? Like, yeah, there's a there's a lot to it, and I'll tell you the thing that when when people talk to me and they're like, oh, like I do sports talk, and a lot of guys are always like, oh man, I'd love to do sports talk. I could totally do that. That's a fun job. The problem is, you have to do it every day. Mm. It's easy if you just had to do it once and yeah. talk about all the hot takes you got about, let me tell you about why I hate this guy or why this team's the best. It's like, all right, well, that was Monday. Now you have to do it again, and you have to do it again, and you have to do it again. And there, there are seriously times, especially this time of year in the summer, where it's just like, oh, my God, what am I going to talk about today? <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm like at my house just thinking, oh, well, maybe I could do that, or what if we do this, this topic, talk about sports movies or no, I did that already. What it, that's where it can be kind of the mental grind of just having to do that all the time. At the same time, that's what makes it so fun. Yeah. Like doing live radio, doing a talk show is just you never know where it's gonna go. So it can always you get that adrenaline rush, man. Ultimate wing it. Like, right? You show up every morning and you're like, I don't know where this is gonna go. I hope it turns out to be a good show, but <laughs> Dude, I did I did a bit today about American cheese. <laughs> I didn't know I was going to do a bit about American cheese, and then I just got into it, and halfway through, I'm like, this is freaking gold. <laughs> I'm like, how did I, I'm like, how did I stumble across this? Because here's the thing. Give me a grilled cheese. For, yeah, for National Cheese Day, I was talking about the best cheese, and to me, the American cheese is the best cheese because it's been engineered to fix all the problems we want with <laughs> Like, you put cheddar cheese on a burger, like, it doesn't have that melty quality yeah. that an American cheese has. Or, like, on a grilled cheese. Like, you have to have American cheese. And, you know, we as a country, we did that. Like, we, <laughs> we invented American cheese. Before that, it was just blocks of cheese that you had to slice and all that kind of crap. The French and, are screwing everything up. I know. You know? They're brie and they're gruyere. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I like a smoked Gouda from time oh, to yeah, time. Oh, yeah. It's on. very, very good. A, yeah. a pepper jack. But to have, you know, we made the meltiest cheese. We made it individually wrapped and sliced up and everything for you. It's like, that's what makes America the best country. You know what? You, <laughs> you are so on to something right there. Are you going to... How many hours of radio do you do it? Do I do day? I do five. I do four hours of music radio, which is not a lot of yeah. talking, yeah. just because you know. I mean, people are listening for the music. Right. They like me, but you know, they listen for the music. And then, yeah, an hour talk show a day. So I'm I'm on the air for five hours. And then what happens after that? Because you're getting ready for hitting, you know, like remote hits and doing yeah. your stand up we'll, show. We'll do. I might get some. I might have some production work to do. You know, like for commercials or promos or things like what we're what we're working on now. Uh, my my program director Eric White at Modern Rock ninety eight seven. We were talking about doing a pop punk weekend because pop punk's really starting to come back with like Machine Gun Kelly and Kenny Hoopla. They're doing these songs from it sounds like early two thousand stuff. So 
we were I'm writing things and trying to think of stuff that resonates with night like 1999 to 2006 and you know just writing lists so and then eventually I'll write copy I'll write scripts and I'll send it to the voice guy who has a way better voice than I do and it'll you know we'll make a bunch of bunch of different things man what's your what's your vibe on machine gun kelly do you like him I mean, some of the stuff that's coming out now sounds all right. Yeah. You know? Like, um, wait, like compare it. So for what he's getting to is last <laughs> week's episode, I made mention that I just recently found out who Machine Gun Kelly is. And I I've had never no, heard, I, no idea who he was. I didn't, I didn't know it was a person. Missed the whole beef with Eminem. And I've that, never, that's all I do. Yeah. Was the, I, I, had, I remember him eating cereal. Cereal. And now all, of a sudden, yeah. now all of a sudden he's making songs that it's like Eminem, they're catchy. Eminem makes another career. Yeah. Which is just amazing to me. But I think this is why I asked you guys this question, right? Because we all grew up. We're all around the same age. We all grew up in the Eminem era. I'm 40. I'm the oldest. I'll but go. you you listened to Eminem, right? I did. Yeah. You did? Yeah, 2099. Did you vibe yeah. hard with it? Like, did he tap into your teenage angst? Like, eh, what was your... For, for, for a hot minute. But, uh, dude, I, I was more of the uh, grassroots fallout boy i mean that was when coheed was getting you're big. very emo you've always been very emo. <laughs> cool it's emotional hawthorne heights and no no and no 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 because no, my no. heart is nope, in ohio nope. <laughs> <laughs> so i was randy we've told this story on on our show before i went through a, a very weird phase okay where a Eminem was Eminem was like my guru. Sure. And so I wanted to be everything about everything about Eminem I wanted to do. And when I first got to Jacksonville, North Carolina, I went to that crappy mall up there and I bought a I bought a pair of Carolina blue suede Timberlands. Nice. And I wore those. With his <laughs> Jinko jeans. With not with Jinkos. They were Jinko had passed by then. This is the early two thousands. So I think I had Sean John jeans. It was oh. dude, it was awful. Everything so you're not whole, allowed to do that. You're white. I am aware of the rules that I broke. Okay? <laughs> this isn't a pylon session. I'm saying all this to say that Eminem spoke to me in such a way that twenty years later, if he says machine gun Kelly is a piece of crap. I just go with it. I don't know anything <laughs> about the guy. Nothing about Marshall the guy. Marshall said that? All right, yep. I'm in. All right. Yep, I don't I'm, like him. <laughs> I'm good. So I immediately hate Machine Gun Kelly. have no idea who he is, but he's making pop punk now, so Eminem yeah. made another career. It sounds, it, it sounds fine. For some of the stuff that comes out, uh, you know, it's really popular. It is catchy, a lot of that stuff. So for like, me, I mean, it's like Fall Out like, Boy. Yeah, like, it's fine. Yeah. I did like well, the Kenny Hoopla song that came out, though, with Travis Barker on it. Yeah, there's yeah. A, he has a new one. Uh, Kenny Hoopla, um, I hate, I hate Hollywood or Hollywood sucks. It's it called does. Hollywood sucks, okay. and it legitimately sounds like like a Blink One Eighty Two song that just never got made. Really, and then he was just like, "Oh, hey, are you guys using this? <laughs> no, all right, well, I'm gonna make it because you hear it, and you're like, this came out in two thousand four. Like this is oh three. This is early two thousand. And it was written by Blink. I don't know. I think it's it's a Kenny Hoopla song. I don't. Who is but that? But it really it's a Young black kid, skater punk type guy. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. His his music's fairly catchy. Like, First time I heard it was on was on Randy's show. So he's current. I mean, he's a yeah, current. Yeah, he's yeah, current yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, all the songs are short, which I dig. Yep. Uh, I ain't got time to listen to a seven minute song. No, man. Yeah, give me two and a half, and three minutes, three minutes yeah. tops. Yeah. But yeah, like Estella, the first song he did, How Can I Rest in Peace If I'm Buried by a Highway, the longest title ever. And then, yeah, the, the new one, Hollywood Sucks. Hollywood Sucks sounds exactly like a blink. It's so. Dude, now you get me all jazz, man. Yeah, it's it's fun stuff. I really, you know, I, I dig it. I I dig all. The, there's so much new, new things that are coming out. New bands that uh, that have that kind of sound. Like there's another band, the Dirty Nil, and they have a they have a song that kind of has that same kind of vibe. Doom Boy, and they, you know, it's kind of heavy. It's kind of punk, but it's. It's fun stuff, man. I would I would challenge that the primitive radio gods standing outside a phone booth with money in my hand. Oh. I've been downhearted, baby. <laughs> that's yeah. the long that's the longest song title of all time. Talk about emo. That song reminds me of probably like my <laughs> sophomore year of high school. <laughs> and it was just like that it 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 resonates with my soul as like one of like just the dark, gritty, like super emo phases of like my high school yeah. era. Yeah. Yeah, that was like your it's kind of cool, but it's kind of depressing. Your at the girlfriend same time. broke up with you, and it's like <laughs> on Matt's sad playlist cassette. Tape. Actually, no, that was more of side the A, verve, side B. That was the Verve Pipe. Oh, freshman. freshman? Oh yes. man, I yeah. was young and knew everything. That's it. 
that I would list. I was, I well, let's see, that had to be what 96, 97 that song came out, you 97, think? I think. Yeah, I was yeah. like 12 or 13. I had nothing yeah. to be sad. We never talked <laughs> in a lack of relationships. I had nothing to be sad about, but my grandfather, my grandfather gave me, you guys remember those old, um, like the family living room stereo setup where it had the two speakers that were like 48 inches oh, yeah. high and you had like Air the, 90s. The vinyl. That's what we had in our house. Air 90s were like an early 80s and we had them all the way through the late 90s and yeah. it was like boom bostic. Yeah. Well, I, I had one of those. My grandfather gave me his and I had it in my bedroom, which was 12 by 14. And yeah, that aligns thing, with everything I know about yeah. you from when <laughs> you were younger. That thing would get that thing would get loud loud. And it was before I got into rap. It was before Eminem came along, so I didn't know anything about hip-hop. But we had this radio station in Atlanta. It was a massive alternative uh, station. It's called 99X, man. And we would, I would play that. Not 97. No, no, no. It was 99.7 was the frequency. And it was, yeah, 99X. It was, it was a huge radio station back in the day. Barnes, Leslie, and Jimmy were on in the morning. And then um, uh, uh, you probably worked with him in Pittsburgh. Um, Tucker uh, came on. Dang it. What was his last name? I'll Carlson, not Tucker Carlson. No, <laughs> it became Barnes uh, or Tucker, Tucker Leslie and Jimmy. But anyways, I would listen to that music and I would turn it up really loud. And then my mom and dad let me get a five disc CD changer Baller. that I hooked up to it. And I had the first Limp Biscuit album, three dollar oh, yeah. bill, three dollar bill, y'all. Yeah. And I had to listen to it real quiet. Now I'd put my ear, <laughs> <laughs> I put my ear up against the stereo because it was the first parental advisory CD that 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 I was allowed to have. Dude, that reminds me uh, when I was in fifth grade. I think it was like fourth or fifth grade. A friend of mine let me borrow his copy of Mortal Kombat for <laughs> Sega Genesis, yeah. and it had the blood code A B A C A B B. You could see the blood. Super cartoonish. My mom worked at a daycare. My dad worked third shift, so he was always asleep at, during the day. <laughs> I would only play that game for like that 90 minutes between when I got off the bus before my mom came home because I was just like, oh, my God. Tiny she, bit of freedom. You know, if she sees me as Scorpion, you know, <laughs> harpooning this dude, pulling him across the screen, it's game over for me. Did you watch the new Mortal Kombat movie? That's I on, did. Did you like it? It was fine. I liked it. I was entertained. Yeah. I was entertained. I mean, yeah, it had all I, the one guy who's like just some guy. Yeah, you know, that was weird. Yeah. You know, spoiler alert. Oh, um, yeah. But, you know, but the rest of it. I mean, yeah, the it was, character it that they just fine. made up and inserted. Yeah. And you're like, you have like 50 million people yeah. in, in Mortal Kombat games. Yeah. You can't like just pull one of those guys out. <laughs> and can we just highlight the fact that I don't know if it was whatever movie came out in the mid 90s. Was it Mortal Kombat or Mortal Kombat 2? It was like, I don't know, mid late 90s. But the soundtrack was like the predecessor to EDM. And it was oh, the yeah. best like. The Mortal Kombat dun, theme, dude. Like, that stuff got me going. Dun, 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 yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just going to be a nostalgia episode. <laughs> Nobody's going to listen to this except for, you know, the three of us, maybe. And then and then Evan. It's too bad Evan's not here, dude, because he was raised on WWF. And That's what yeah. I was going to say. Wu-Tang Clan. So, so Evan yeah. had a similar, like, upbringing. Well, he had to avoid... His parents being around when he was watching like the, sure. you know, the Satan worshiping stuff, which uh, quite frankly, back in the 80s and 90s, anything that wasn't 100 percent church was like Satan worshiping. That's kind of where I came from. And Evan used to sneak, have to sneak down, I think, late at night and watch WWE yep. down in the oh, basement. Yeah. <laughs> I would wake up early Saturday mornings when it was on Saturdays and, and I'd go down to the basement and I'd play with Legos. <laughs> What? I'd watch WWF. I don't know. Future leaders of America. <laughs> yeah, you you talked about being raised by like Eminem and growing yeah. up with that. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I'm 14 and 15 years old. I got Slim Shady and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. Like I was just like, what? Yeah, you can't tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah, what did they expect? <laughs> from I'm a our, bad man. What did they expect from our generation? <laughs> right. Because Randy, those were adults. Yeah, those were people in the position that we're in right now. They so, weren't Machine Gun Kellys. No. They had they had street street smarts they had world they had real street cred. real world experience eminem grew up on the east side eight mile man he <laughs> came from the hard streets true and he hated his mom he really 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 Not hated his mom yeah i no. love my mom no i love yeah. my mom too i love your mom yeah your mom and my mom should be sisters i love your mom <laughs> i know that everybody to... my lot's mom, mom has got it going on <laughs> all right uh we're gonna do this for 
30-ish to 40-ish more minutes, but for right now, we're going to take a real quick break. We might actually talk about something uh, of substance because sure. Randy is changing lives uh, with the military community, especially through your comedy. Um, so we're going to take a real quick break. Don't go anywhere. We're going to let Randy just take over the mic and do a couple of bits, and then okay. uh, we'll have some more fun talking about nothing. Lots and lots of fun. All right. I love it. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere on Signal Fire Radio. Welcome back to Signal Fire Radio, ladies and gentlemen. We are having a fantastic conversation going with our guest, Randy Slack, stand-up comedian and host of the morning show on Modern Rock 98.7. I teased something that we were going to talk about heading into the break, and then I totally forgot what it was that we were going to come back and talk about. You, you, Randy, you basically, you basically told me that I was going to paint the fence, as we like to call it, and you were just going to, I guess... That's right. That's know, right. You've just... got you've got some stand up shows coming up. Yeah, uh, the third Saturday of every month. I do. I do the third Saturday of every month at a Bill's Brewing Company. It's a show that I host, um, and then occasionally I'll do I do other shows around town. Whether it's in like you know maybe Surf City or here in Wilmington, uh, just general you know places all over. When Dead Crow hopefully gets back open, I, I'm trying to get back into there. I I hosted one of the last weekends before the pandemic. And it was my first time hosting at the club, and it was so exciting, and it was like, this is great. I never get to do it again because Dude, everything's shut down. I love stand-up comedy, and I love um, like how much work goes into it. So I, I, like, I'll sit on Facebook for hours and watch like David Spade and Adam Sandler and Chris Rock and Eddie Murphy and Dave Chappelle and like all the goats of stand-up comedy. Because what I find, what I think is so beautiful about those guys those names, but many, many more is how much work they put into that craft. Yeah. You know, like they're, they're testing jokes out on each other and they're getting feedback from one another. Um, how did you get into that industry? I got into it. Uh, really I've always been a, I was an only child. I'm a bit of a ham and I Stop always, it. you know, I just wanted to, <laughs> I was always like getting attention and I wanted to figure out a way, a job where I could entertain people. Which honestly is why I got into radio to begin with, because it was like, this is a vehicle for me to be creative in the way I like to be creative. And when I moved to Pittsburgh at DVE, there, this, the co-host there is a stand-up comic. They had a, a big thing where they would love to get local stand-up comics on the show, give them time to kind of you know promote their shows and kind of work out stuff and you know get, get on the radio and, and work on those things. And then we'd have the national headliners come in and just being around all those guys all the time, it was just kind of like, man, I, I kind of want to do this. And yeah, it was like I, I intoxicating. I would yeah. Imagine. And I would, I would do it occasionally in Pittsburgh at the open mics. When you're starting out, you're just kind of doing it wherever you can just to work. Cause you don't have jokes. My friends made me out. do this. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, never be that guy. Never be <laughs> that guy. Never be that lady of, Oh my God, it's my first time guy. Like, we don't. We'll, we don't we need will, to know. We'll know. Yeah. You don't need to tell us it's your first time. We can figure it out. Really, everybody, not just if you're a comic. The other people are like, oh, okay. This is a guy who got hammered and was like, you know, it'd be funny if I I know some funny jokes. Uh, can Can I stop you for one sure. second? Because um, back to my M and M days, we there was this <laughs> there was this place in downtown Atlanta called Club Apache, okay. and you could go do freestyle battle nights they oh had freestyle battle oh nights there please tell me you did not do this i didn't do it <laughs> i God. went no listen matt i went one time and i still have a recurring dream that my friend signed me up for it and i had to stand up and do and battle rap people <laughs> anxiety <laughs> like oh, just, oh my god i can see the exact room that i was sitting in with my blue timberlands and my sean john jeans and i was like man i don't belong in this place get me out of here I'm sorry, Randy. Go no, you're good, man. <laughs> that sounds like a nightmare. I mean, I'll, I'm all, I'm I'm an attention whore. Just like I, I feel like we sure. kind of all are, but this that, is true. That is anxiety. But we're doing a good job not fighting to be on the mic. You know, it's, it's got a good flow here that's yeah. happening. We normally normally you're punching Evan in the face to get a word in. <laughs> well, it's because like he can't reach me, so I got to reach <laughs> down. Sorry, Randy. Go ahead, man. No, you're good. Uh, but no, I, when I moved here to, to uh, Wilmington, even before I moved here, I heard about the Dead Crow Comedy Co-op. People in Pittsburgh knew about it. It's a, it's a fun room. It's a cool room. And when I interviewed for the job at uh, 98.7, it was the open mic night. And I just went and watched. And So you hadn't gotten the job yet. You had I just hadn't gotten the job. I was just interviewing. But I'd heard so much about this place. I went to it. And it was it's a, such a, this is such a different town because at the open mic at Dead Crow, 
people are there for comedy. When I was trying to work on my jokes in Pittsburgh, there's a Pirates game on in the background, <laughs> and I'm like, so anyway, I hey, told man. my girlfriend, <laughs> and where you're, when you're a dead crow, you're, people are there to see people be funny, which is so different. And I think a lot of comics here in town, especially when you're starting out, you get a little bit of a rude awakening because you go to Dead Crow and it's a room of people that want to see you. And in your first show where you're trying to do jokes somewhere else, it's a 50-50 crowd. And you're like, wait a minute, why aren't you guys... But you, like, yeah, you don't why, have aren't, to, why aren't you watching the baseball game? There's a baseball game on. Yeah, hey, man, Andrew McCutcheon's people. up. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Did they let you know at Dead Crow that, that your stuff was on? What do you mean? I mean, like, were were you hitting? Were you getting laughs? You know, I, I I had a pretty good idea. You know, like you can tell from the crowd, and you can kind of tell when you're telling a joke. You know, of like, yeah, this is kind of this is dying. I need to I need to I need to get the hell out of this. That's always painful when you're not done with it, and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm losing people here. <laughs> yeah. So how that far was, am I going to go with this bit? <laughs> it was what was really tricky too, is I did obviously I was I've been doing radio since 2011. I started doing stand-up comedy in 2018, really. Like, really doing it consistently. And I think what I was doing was, when I was doing comedy, I felt like at first I was trying to be a stand-up comedian and not being, like, the voice and being the character I am on the radio. And I found that out when one day, before the show, all the comics are kind of in the back waiting to get in line so you could sign up on the sheet. And oh, so you guys aren't hanging out in the green room, like... Chowing down on. Drew. They have no green room. <laughs> Hopefully, the new club does. You, yeah, Amy, you get a, you get a plate get a, of wings at the bar with everybody yeah. else. Yeah, um, <laughs> only twelve for everybody. <laughs> um, Not, you can't have ranch and blue cheese. Pick one. Right. <laughs> but one of the uh, other comics, she looked at me and she goes, "I can't believe you're the same guy on the radio." And it kind of made me think, "Am I being somebody else on stage? Trying too hard? Like that's you know?" So I tried to work on. You know, bringing being the same guy both places. I feel like I've kind of figured that out, and yeah, you know, it's it's working better. It's still you know brutal when you're trying out new stuff, um, and especially now because there really aren't a lot of open mics, and like because for, it's not okay to be open about anything. Yeah. You got to kind of like censor every aspect of your life. Well, I mean, like you can't really. There's nowhere to practice. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. you were if you were a basketball player, and the only time you ever got to go on the court was during the games, it you might be a little rusty. And that was what was happening to me was, or at least in my head, maybe it, maybe people are like, no, you're fine. When I do the Slack stand-up shows, I host every time, but I get different comics on every show. So they're not, the, the crowds that come and we get regulars, they're not seeing the same people every month, except for me. I'm there every month and I don't want to do the same, you know, if, if I'm at Dead Crow, I can do my 10 minutes and I know what, I, I know what works, I know what the greatest hits and I can roll that out there and be great. But I don't want to do that every time when people come to the, the shows at my Slack stand-up show. I'm like, oh really? Oh, you're gonna do the you're gonna do the joke about how the double X slim fit shirts. Why would someone want a double a two X shirt that's slim fit? Because who's a slim fit two X? <laughs> We've heard this before. You know what I mean? But honestly, like, why do you make? Why would you make an athletic cut three X T-shirt? It's a great question. Who's who's Thanks. athletic? And 350 pounds. I, will, I, I say I don't, I don't know need that, that guy. What that, do you suppose the guy at Walmart who's standing there wanting to buy that is saying, well, honey, I think I, I think I look good on me. <laughs> It'll trim down my sides a little bit. It's, it's tough, man. But, yeah, like, so I get to work on, you know, having some open mics to work and practice. And sometimes you've got to slip in new stuff. You'll do a joke you know works and then maybe go somewhere else and try something different, you know, and then if it stinks, then you can get out and so – Caveat, do you guys know the, and this might be extremely common knowledge, but the, the cool historical fact about the Dead Crow Comedy Club, not the club itself, but the location, uh, like early 2000s, I what, do what, not. what happened there? No. So I don't know the details, and I'm probably going to butcher this also. Well, then don't bring it up. No, because it's profound. Th okay, go ahead. Do you know what I'm going to say? Maybe. Send but it. I don't what, know all what the do details. What do you think it is? Is, I don't... It, is it the Vince Vaughn story? Yes, it's okay. Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Yeah. Steve Buscemi got stabbed in the neck. And apparently, Rob, I don't know if I ever told you this, but Jordan Nason, yeah. who's my best friend. This okay. is actually, actually, his artwork is not in here. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that aren't watching on video, Matt pointed to a blank wall behind him where there used to there be, used one, to be of, a, one of Jordan's photos. Your, yeah. your, your friend does masonry work. That's cool. Okay. <laughs> Continue. He, he, he's, a, he's an outdoor photographer. Anyways, um, one, of, one of his buddies, when he was at UNCW, 
got in a fight like with they were filming a movie here Vince yeah. Vaughn Steve Buscemi apparently they're kind of like their own entourage but uh, J- Jordan's buddy was drunk and apparently was being the the jack wagon that was instigating and ended up stabbing Steve Buscemi I believe in the neck and I believe with a pen and it okay. wasn't a comedy club it was just like a bar at the time yeah. but fortunately everybody loved Steve Buscemi he ended up being fine but I you know it's kind of a um, Gory but comical, like little history facts. Oh my lord! Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, 2001, Steve Buscemi stabbed in neck during bar brawl. <laughs> <laughs> Actor Steve Buscemi and Vince Vaughn and screenwriter Scott Rosenberg were involved in a bar brawl last Thursday that resulted in four arrests and nearly killed Fargo star. Buscemi. <laughs> the Hollywood trio currently filming the aptly named domestic disturbance in in Wilmington, North Carolina. Dude, how funny is that? I mean, it's funny because he ended up being fine. But uh, I, I don't know that domestic violence is ever that funny. But it wasn't domestic. How violence. did I not? He- oh yeah, I guess you're right. What? That's just assault. What's the? What's what well, would you? No, assault is an attempt. When you actually make contact, that's going to be, gonna be, be a battery. Cop, be a cop right that's now. That's battery. Okay. And then if you can articulate based on your training experience that the device they were using could very likely, in the eyes of a sound-minded person, could articulate as being lethal, then you have assault with a deadly weapon, which I would, in California, that would have been assault with a deadly I mean, because think about it. You hit somebody in the jugular with a ballpoint pen, yeah. you could kill them in 10 seconds. Yeah, you Joe Pesci him. <laughs> Dude, so this is this is crazy. The guy's name who stabbed Buscemi was Tim Fogarty. I've got a really good friend named not John Tom, named Tom Fogarty. <laughs> not John, John Fogarty. Not John. No, no, not John Fogarty. No. Okay. Anyways, wow, that was quite the rabbit trail. Thank you for sharing that with me. I'm gonna throw this out. This also out there. Brandon Lee, Bruce Lee's son, yeah. was here filming uh, Crow Two mm-hmm. when he was shot at Screen Gem Studios with on North Twenty Third. Yeah, he was shot. Um, wow. There, it was basically a scene in the movie, and so they were firing pistols at him, and there was a live round in this gun. So Brandon Lee gets shot. They rush him to New Hanover Regional Medical Center, where where he like died in the hospital. So that happened in Wilmington, also. Randy Matt listens to all the real crime podcasts, okay. ah, you know, and Not so just some of them. yeah. Well, dude, maybe we do a Signal Fire Radio <laughs> spinoff where you talk about Hollywood movie stars who have been killed or assaulted in Wilmington, North Carolina. You got your first two episodes right there. Dude, that is kind of cool. Anyways, okay. let's focus right. back on the slacker. No, uh, the reason I knew a little bit about that is uh, Steve Byrne, a, a comic, he's friends with Vince Vaughn, and Vince produced a TV show he did on TBS, Sullivan and & Son, and Steve came to Dead Crow, and because he's friends with Vince, you know that kind of got brought up a little bit because of the whole Vince Vaughn connection. So I knew a little bit about it. But we were almost involved with a fight with Steve Byrne <laughs> in at, uh, at Cape Fear Wine and Beer. It was like two in the morning. Uh, we met a guy who was a washboard player and some other guy. I don't know who they don't were. Don't mess around with washboard no, players. Man, but we're talking Those are to him. You don't want to touch. We're talking to him, and Steve is uh, Korean Irish. He looks Korean. Like he, he, oh, Steve he, Burns, he, not yeah, Steve Burns. Right. Steve Burns. Steve Burns looks Korean. He's he's half Korean, half Irish, and it plays an important part of the story. That's a hell of a combination. Yeah, right? really is. Um, so we're uh, we're at this bar. We meet these guys, and the washboard player or his friend, the the jug blower or whatever this <laughs> other guy did. He looks at Steve, and he was like, he's like, it's nice to meet you, chap. Steve's face, Steve's face changes and he's really upset. And Steve, they're shaking hands at this point and Steve's eyeballing this guy daggers. And he goes, I'll let you know that I'm an American. And I'm like, why is he mad? That guy called him chap. (laughs) Oh my God. He don't think he called him chap. He thinks he called him something else. So I'm like with a J. Yeah. So I'm like, Steve, I'm like, Steve, he called you chap. And then it will immediately, we immediately diffused the situation, but it was just like, can I ask a point for clarification? Sure. Are we talking about Steve Burns? That was the blues clue guy. No, that guy's name was Steve Burns. Yeah. No, no. Okay. All right. I, uh, this whole time I thought that after blues clues, no, Steve Burns cartoon. Yeah. The, the, the original guy that was on blues clues. His name was, I didn't know that was his real name. I thought that was just a gimmick (laughs) name. Oh, maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know. 
I always heard he. I always heard he, he killed himself. Maybe he did. I don't know. But then I heard he did. I, then it found out it didn't. Like I don't know why that was the rumor that started when they got the new host of Blues Clues. It was like when the Ultimate Warrior left and came yeah, back. People were yeah. like, "Oh, you know, it's a different Ultimate Warrior." <laughs> or Sting, same yeah. thing. Like, oh no, that's not the same. That's not fluorescent Sting. That's white and black Sting. That's or, or, a different Sting. What about Machiavelli? What? <laughs> Tupac, Machiavelli. You don't remember that back no, when Tupac died? No, everybody knew that Machiavelli was still Tupac. That's like Michael Jordan coming out wearing 45 instead of 23. You still knew it was Michael Jordan. Huh. Okay, I don't even know my pop culture, so just <laughs> let's scrub that off the... Yeah. Off the... Hey, so look, so look, there's there's Steve Burns, the host of Blue oh, Steve Blues Burns. Clues. Burns. Okay, okay, all right, yeah, so it's with an S. Burn, B-Y-R-N-E, Steve oh. Burns. Very funny guy. He's he's done a, he's a, a stand-up tours. He's a... He's done some USO shows, which you know is really cool. He's Mom gone. He's style. gone overseas and done oh, a lot of those. Oh yeah, okay. So this dude looks way more like he'd be half Korean. Yes, and and half Irish. Yeah, okay. that, that would be. And you know, he when he misheard chap, it yeah. got a little. It got a yeah. little contentious. <laughs> Why would anybody who plays a washboard or a jug call somebody else chap? Right. I I, I don't know. Do you think he because was... they play a washboard? That's I mean that's so arbitrary and yeah. bizarre to begin yeah. with. Hello, hello, chap. Nothing out of their mouth is gonna surprise me. That's it so. Was, it was weird though. That's it, so weird. It really, really. Was so what weird. year was that? Uh, two thousand nineteen. Oh, so that was that was really that was really recent. It was cool because Steve's a great guy. He he came on my show. And he was like, oh, he's like, come do five minutes. So he let me do some stage time for on his shows at Dead Crow, which I uh, was really appreciative of to, to get out there in front of the crowds. And then we drank a lot of Jameson, mm. like mm. a lot. Matt's a big fan of Jameson. I am. Oh, yeah. Jameson ginger ales. Then we would do shots of Jameson and chase it with Jameson ginger ales. Wow. Oh, it I, was really... Just Jameson. No, no ice, no water. I, I, I want high octane and just God bless America. Well, Matt's full Irish, so. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's basically the the water that makes up sixty percent of most human beings' bodies has been replaced by Jameson in his body. Well, that was the cop, Matt. It is it is diminished since I left law enforcement. Yeah, I, you've I, got I don't much, consume anywhere near as much. But. You've got much more zen. So you're doing some some comedy for the troops coming up, right? We're trying to. Uh, we're still waiting to hear. Uh, basically, what's we were approached by a, a lady who works uh, on base in Lejeune about. She she came to one of my Slack stand-up shows, and she she works for she's like in a therapy department to help when tr- uh, forgive me that I don't know what I'm talking about, about because it. I'm just a I'm just a radio guy <laughs> civilian. We have our own language, but she works with she's part of a team that works with uh, people when they come back from deployment, and she was like, well, what it'd be cool to maybe do a comedy show when these troops come back and, you know, bring you, you know, me and some of the other comics and go do the show. We haven't heard yet when they're coming back. We're still trying to talk to, you know, the, I almost said management, but I don't yeah. know if you guys would call them management. Yeah. It's, it, it, it works. It works. <laughs> but yeah. We were kind of, we're still waiting to work out the P's and Q's, but it'd be, it'd be something really fun to do, uh, you know, to, to, to try to bring some jokes for, for those people. And, you know, we've, I've had, I've seen people. I I say my last show we did. Um, some guys came down from Havelock, and they were they they loved coming down and, and seeing the jokes and doing all that kind of stuff. And I, you know I've had a lot of family that serve, so it's kind of cool. You know to to I like to try to give back where yeah. we can. We do a uh, every holiday season. We do a coat drive for homeless veterans in town, and I remember the first year we were trying to get fifty. Uh, my boss was like, we well, have to throw a number. You can't just say, let's get coats. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, let's get 50. Uh, the people of Wilmington and the people of the, you know, the listening area for Modern Rock 98.7, we got 202 coats. Wow. Plus a bunch of shoes, plus a bunch of socks and underwear. The next year, I don't know if I got an official count, but we got another huge donation. So it was just really cool to be able to. It's a shame that those people are in that situation. But you know, yeah. if we can help out in the littlest way possible and get them a new coat and get yeah. them whatever they need, like that's what kind of material are you going to use with the uh, with the active duty dudes? That you know, I <laughs> one conversation I had with uh, when I talked to one of the guys, they really they seem like they're kind of into maybe some of the more on the darker side, yeah. And you know, they they don't mind the colorful language and being a little more you know, crass, if mm-hmm. you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a friend, uh, Ben Brainerd, who is starting to tour now, and he 
he served in the army and now he's a stand-up comic. And I kind of want to pick his brain a little bit and kind of get an idea because, you know, he's, he's got more of those sensibilities and, and talk to some guys uh, that I know that have done maybe some of the USO shows and maybe be like, hey, what works? What does? Every crowd's going to be different, but it'd be kind of nice to have a baseline. Of, yeah. You know, I mean, most of the stuff I do, I feel like it's not going to be things are not going to, you know, not going to like. I don't try to, I don't get political. Yeah. You know, there are some people. Political's that, that not the, funny. Yeah, because I mean, fifty percent of the room is either gonna is hate it, and right. the other fifty percent is gonna love it. So, why do it? Yeah, dealing with like politics, dealing with religion. Yeah, you're you're yeah. turning you're turning half the audience off. But I mean, I've learned that from radio. Yeah, because when I would listen to radio and like somebody would talk about the Catholic Church, it's like, dude, I don't care about the Catholic Church. Right. I don't care why membership's down. Like that doesn't affect me. It has nothing to do with my life. And you know, if it's one way or the other politically, yeah, I don't. I don't get into politics on the radio. I do. It is a really big, important thing for me that I try to get people to vote, and that's as far as politically as I go. Yeah. I always I make a promo every year that runs on Election Day, and it's always, I don't care who you vote for. It, that doesn't matter to me, but as a citizen, you should go out there and vote. Right. And, I, you know, and vote for whoever represents whatever your lifestyle is. But, yeah, I'm not going to get into that Cause stuff. Because who, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> I'm still so exhausted from the last like election cycle that's like I just whatever do whatever the hell you're yeah. gonna. Do. I I'm so glad we don't have cable TV at my house. Yeah, just because it's easier to avoid those shows. Because if you're watching the Talking Head, and that's the thing too. Like I I think people get caught up in those people that are those political commentators. It's like guys, that's just Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, but talking about the economy. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like they're just playing characters. You can't, you're, you're getting yeah. too much into this. I know, I know. Literally, you and I could become those people one day if we yeah, just have enough, have enough bombast and ridiculousness. I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. You're on the road, dude. You know, I, I think I, you're I like on the road. To, I like to just, you know, I'll talk about weird stuff and, you know, yell about LeBron James. And <laughs> But then sometimes I find myself, the trick is you have to really steer into one side or the other. You can't be a rational human being if you want to be a good political or sports talk host you have to just be like this guy sucks this is why yeah. and somebody can be like well yeah but actually he did this you can't be like well that's true having said that he is this yeah having said that cannot enter your vocabulary <laughs> if you're doing politics or sports talk radio you have to just be like nope you're damn the in. torpedoes full yeah. speed ahead you're, you're just in. going you're just going one way and just digging right into you it. dug in uh matthew yeah randy was talking about doing some uso stuff should we share our, our favorite USO stories? I I mean like actual USO. Matt's, I, Matt's I old enough to remember OG Bob Hope on Shut USO. Up. God bless. <laughs> Dude, I set you up for an old man joke you didn't even see coming. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say um Right. Hook. I was I was always in like when I when I was in theater, like it was hitting the fan and you know, I was there for the invasions. Um so yeah, there were no USO activities. Yeah, Matt was but, an yeah. actual real warfighter. Um, okay. So you didn't get to do that cool stuff. No. See, no more Gener than... generation kill. Me being the the civilian I am, when he when you said theater, I was like, oh okay, oh cool man. Because you said you did like Rhea Keenan, Rhea <laughs> Keenan Auditorium. Did you do Did you do improv? <laughs> Were you doing like what kind of what kind of thing? Come down stage a bit. I come always wondered. I always wondered what theater would be like. You don't come <laughs> off like a theater kid. That was what I was going. Are you Are you a thespian, Matthew? I did almost. I, I will say that when I was at UNCW, I for a hot minute I considered because I was going back into the Marine Corps, yeah. and I was like, I can major in anything. I'm going to major in drama. Absolutely. I'm going to major That's, in performing. I took arts. a drama class when I got back from the Marine Corps. I killed it. I killed it. But then I realized I. There's no money in this. I'm gonna go sell insurance instead. Unless that'll, you're Steve, really unless you're get Steve Buscemi. Yeah, unless you're Steve Buscemi, right. who gets stabbed in the neck with a ballpoint pen outside of a Wilmington nightclub. Um, one USO story, and then we'll take a sure. break, and then a couple more things to talk with you about on the other end. Um, 2007, I was getting ready to go in theater, and a nice young lady by the name of Scarlett Johansson came and graced, graced our presence. And you know what? I think she was into me. I don't. Are it was kidding? before. It was before the Avengers. So I mean, she hadn't really made it big yet. I don't know what movie she had made up until 2007, but she took a picture with me, and I'm pretty sure it hangs on her wall. <laughs> that Colin Jost guy has just got to be really <laughs> upset. Who the heck is this <laughs> Jost Joker? Oh man, I love it. All right, we're gonna take a real quick break. When we come back, we're gonna do more with Randy Slack.
and the one and only Matt Milat right here on Signal Fire Radio. Welcome back to Signal Fire Radio. We are having a fantastic conversation with Randy Slack, stand-up comedian, host of the morning show on Modern Rock 98.7. Matt was just regaling me <clears throat> over, over the break about how jealous he was about uh, Scarlett Johansson's love for Not me. True. Not true. I mean, she's a beautiful lady. I don't find her attractive, though. What? Because there's a difference, dude. How? Please justify um, your ridiculous sentiments. Uh, now I'm not going to be able to come up with it. Yeah, of course, because it was complete horse crap, what you just said. I will, Randy, yeah, <laughs> I help will me out say, here. You know I what will I'm talking about. That if my wife asked me, what celebrity, what female celebrity do you have a crush on, or who do you think's hot? I really couldn't give her an answer immediately. But I feel like if she asked me the other way, if she asked me about guys, like I could clearly be like, like, oh, that's a that Ryan Gosling's a super handsome. Gosling's dude. a stud, right? He like is. immediately, I, I could be mm. like, oh yeah, you know, The Rock could pick me up in his just big giant arms yep. and just I can nestle against his chest. <laughs> like I immediately would have an answer. Just snuggle right up. But there. I have no. I, I'd be like, uh, like if you wouldn't have said Scarlett Johansson, yeah. I'd be like, mm, you know, well, you the... <laughs> you make a fantastic point because if Bradley Cooper walked down into this basement God right now, Bradley. I would just, I would just. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. head yeah, yeah. No, we know. We upon know. his <laughs> chest. And just, it's totally fine. We're all there. Let we him all, whisk me away. We all think away. the same thing. Do you, love, do you love Bradley more than me? Is that what you're saying? I mean, Bradley is my version of Stephanie Germanata, a.k.a. Lady Gaga. Dude. So Randy, I hold them in the same. Randy, Randy probably doesn't know how big your love affair is with Lady Gaga. I, I, you're right. I do. Where, I do, no where do you stand on Lady Gaga, Randy? Yeah, Randy. She's, she's all right. She's <laughs> yeah. fine. You know, right. You're a Wolfman Jack. You're in the music industry way more than I am. What do you think of Lady Gaga? She's she's okay. Like I I don't know. Like I don't really I mean, trust me. I know I don't a, have an opinion one way or the other. I know I a lot of st the stuff that she has done historically has been um, just like shock and awe. But then again, so was Elton John back in the yeah. '70s. They were like, look at this fruitcake weirdo. Well, and we look back at it now, we're just like, that is a rock god. Gaga's thing was uh, like she was like 50% Freddie Mercury. Like how did she get her name? Wasn't it? It was named after a Queen song. Oh yeah, right? Radio Gaga. Yeah, Radio yeah. Gaga. Yeah, so Radio like Goo -goo. she created the persona based off of like watching Freddie Mercury and Queen and all Correct. these other things. So yeah, I mean, rock gods have a fairly simple um, play playlist, right? Like wear a boa and have some talent and the, do some crazy David things. Bowie. Yeah, I mean, David, David Bowie. Bowie. He was a freak. When she jumped off the state, the roof of the stadium for the halftime show, Whee! dude, that was awesome. <laughs> and then at the end, she catches a football. Like, you know, she's done, and she just jumps off the stage. Like, that was... My Stephanie That was a really wrong. cool... That was a really cool halftime show, dude, we talked about we talked about the Super Bowl halftime show four or five episodes ago, and Matt and Evan, one, hadn't seen... The Lady Gaga Super Bowl halftime it's show. Incredible. They didn't understand the pop culture reference of her d diving off, which made for a pretty funny meme because yeah. it was kind of like. <laughs> but then we also had the conversation of, and Randy, you being somebody in the music industry, what is, in your opinion, the best Super Bowl halftime show that we've had? Oh my God, the best one. The two that really jump out to me would be the Springsteen one and the Prince one. Oh, Prince was. Incredible. I mean, both of those. It was in Minnesota. Mm. Everything was Just purple. The, no, it was. It wasn't in Minnesota. Oh, it wasn't? I, no, where was the it Super was, Bowl? It was, uh, I think it was in Tampa. Sports talk it guy. Rained. I not challenge It was raining. And he, he he dug it. He dug the rain. You know, they're doing purple rain. It's raining and all this kind of stuff. It was awesome. Yeah, it was. I'm pretty sure that, oh, was, that was in Tampa. I know what I'm thinking of. After Prince had passed away, yeah. the Super Bowl, uh, they, they, they honored him yeah. at yeah. the Minnesota. Right. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, that yeah. was the Eagles one right? Yeah, when they were in, they were in uh, Minnesota. Yep, it's at Dolphin Stadium in Miami okay, when Prince Miami. performed. Yeah. But yeah, that one, that one was great. The Bruce one, because there's moments I can really remember. Like the, the Prince when he's playing, there's a silhouette of him playing the solo during Purple Rain. There's a part in the Bruce Springsteen one where he sees a camera guy on the side of the stage, and you can see he gets this gleam in his eye like, I'm going to slide right into that camera. <laughs> and he just runs across the stage and slides on his knees. And it's like, dude, he's having fun out yeah, there. Yeah. Like, that was just so Still cool. Still the boss, right? I never got really into Bruce uh, until my wife, because she's from New Jersey, and she has to love Bruce. Yeah, you have to. We saw him... In Pittsburgh, obviously, you know, shows, they always end at 11, and then they'll come out, maybe do an encore. 
He played until like 12.30. They turned all the lights on in the arena, and he's still playing Shout. And it's still full. It's a Sunday night going into Monday morning. And the facility is trying to shut it yeah, down. Yeah, they're like, you need to leave. And he's <laughs> just like, I'm Bruce, and we're just going to keep playing. It was it was so cool to just to be in that moment and just see that kind of that kind of stuff just happen and how musicians and when you're super rich too, you can pay the fees yeah. of going way late. But yes, yeah. yeah, and that's when you reach tragic. a level where you literally don't care what anybody yeah. says you have to do or you should do. Good for him. That's what makes a rock star. Yeah. Make, being a rock star is there's norms, and you're like, well, how can I push this? How can I break this? How can I <laughs> yeah. How can I make it where people are going to go, well, you're not supposed to do that. Name, name one super polite rock star. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's part, of the, it's part of the gig. Maybe, maybe one Canadian rock star. Like, yeah. You know, Sarah McLaughlin. Brian Adams or <laughs> That's something. That's why everybody hates Nickelback. They're probably too nice. <laughs> you think yeah, that's what it is? Not that their music is formulaic and complete <laughs> trash. How much? Everything's formulaic. You're right. You're right. Country you're right. radio nowadays is, oh, my God. Please I don't, don't. That. Please don't. We don't, have, we don't have enough time. We don't. But my Give goodness. us one hot opinion on country radio. Uh, we got a couple minutes. It's all just horrible R and B. It's all guys who couldn't make it into pop, so they say truck and they throw a little slang on there, yep. a little twang, and then now they can do it because it's all songs with with uh, click tracks, and you hear them, and it's like this isn't a country song. There's no, not everything has to be, sound like bluegrass or have the steel guitar going the entire time. But my goodness, when it just Sounds like I couldn't make it in pop, but there's an entire format where they let me do this, and I could just pretend that these are country songs because I'll say truck, and I'll say blue jeans, and I'll say tailgate. That's why I loved when Old Town Road came out, because it was like that got played on country, and the record labels were like, that's not a country song. That's a pop song. And I'm like, what are you making? You're not making country songs either. (laughs) He's, He's talking about horses and riding a horse and all this stuff, and... He talked about a tractor. What like, the, how is that less country than what you're doing? What are the seven keywords that need to be in a country song in 2021? See, that's the thing is they've changed because when David Allen Coe talked about yep. it, it's trains, trucks, prison, getting drunk, mama, and the rain. Now yep. it's be like you know, tan lines, blue jeans, tailgate, motorboating. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, it is some sort of alcohol. You know, they're, they're yeah. it, it's fireball whiskey, moonshine. None of those, none of those guys have had moonshine. <laughs> they've had the stuff you get in yeah. Gatlinburg, yeah. in the jar. That's what they've had. They haven't had real stuff, dude. I, let me tell you, I grew up country. I grew up in the middle of nowhere. I grew up. We didn't have a town. We had just had like it was just a community. <laughs> it's just I a played, place on the map. I played basketball on a five-man varsity squad. <laughs> and for people who may be listening, you need a minimum of five people to play basketball. <laughs> we didn't have a football team. We did homecoming during basketball season. <sighs> and, dude, like, those games we packed, we were horrible because we had five people. <laughs> but people would come out because there's nothing to do in the area. There's no cell phone coverage. You know, it's people would show up. And I'll never forget my junior year of high school. It's homecoming night. We're in our super white uniforms looking clean, you know. They got the chair set up on the one end for the homecoming king and queen and all that kind of stuff. And Play the first half. I'm doing okay. I don't want to brag. Uh, six <laughs> points, you know. Solid. Boards, Solid so outing. Maybe a turnover here or there, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm doing okay. We get to halftime, and Coach talking to us, and he's like, all right, we're going to come out in the 2-3 defense of the second half, 2-3 zone. Oh, by the way, Slack, can you change your shorts? It looked like you pooped yourself. <laughs> oh, my God. And, I, and immediately everybody starts snickering. I take off my shorts, big brown streak on the back of these things. I've played a half a basketball. Not one guy on the other team said anything. <laughs> Why would Nobody they? Nobody in the crowd said anything. <laughs> if you cut yourself in a game, the ref will call timeout yeah. so you can put a bandage on. I have alleged poop on me. <laughs> They're just letting it go. I'm boxing people out. No wonder I had six points. I changed shorts, play the second half, mortified. Like, I, all I can think about is this. Like, I wanted to just, like, ask the guy guarding me, like, why couldn't you have told me? Like, I'm just living this, dude. Years later, I'm meeting some friends after high school. We, we, we go to a, a bar in a town nearby because we didn't, we didn't have a bar. And it was the only bar in the county, actually. And we're there, and one of the one of my friends was like, "Hey, Slack, remember that time uh, 
Michael, the ball boy, put a milk dud on the bench and you sat on it. <laughs> and it looked like you pooped yourself. Now, I have to play it cool. And I have to be like, oh, oh man, yeah, dude, yeah. that was a great prank. But in my head, I'm thinking, are you serious? Like, I've gone my whole life from, at that point, I was 16 to 22, thinking that I just don't have control of my bowels or I don't know how to properly wipe. <laughs> I've gone through my entire college life at the end of high school, zero confidence, knowing that every girl I'm trying to ask to prom is like, yeah, that's a guy that has no idea how, to, how that works down there. <laughs> and I just couldn't believe it, man. I couldn't believe that I'd just gone that whole time and thinking, like, even to this day, like, I'm still... Still questioning yourself. Dude, I might, I'll get to the front door to leave to go to work. And I was like, hold on a second. Let me go back to Let the Let me go double check. And that's, know, re- I, and that's really what happened, though. They, yeah, that's, that, that's, a, that's legit. Like, uh, I went forever. I went forever thinking that I just crapped my pants. And, and none, then of your four, like, none of your four teammates. Nobody. Did, did they know that? I think some of them knew. Maybe they didn't know at the time, but they found out later. And I assume that probably people just figured that I found out later. Never found out until many years later <laughs> that uh. I, I did, in fact, have control of my bowels. And I know how, I know how things work now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, I'm my own ass. I'm yeah. a big boy. I put on my own pants. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, Slack, I love it, man. Um, for more of this and his musings on American cheese, <laughs> you need to go check out Randy Slack, Slack Stand Up at Bill's Brewing, third Saturday of each month, right? Yes, sir. Okay, awesome, man. Thank you for coming on, dude. Really appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. This is, this is a lot of fun. I love the setup you got down here. I love what you guys are doing, man. We'll have you back on in the future. Love it. For Thanks. sure. For sure. We'll, we'll uh, make sure we have... Um, Machine Gun Kelly, queued oh, up, queued up for Matt, so he can. Yeah. Well, after what you said, I'll give it. I'll give it a whirl. Give it a try, and then you know it'll become your next guilty pleasure. I guarantee you, Ryan and Reagan already listened to it. Mm. Mm. Probably. <laughs> I know. I know. All right, dudes uh, and dudettes, that's going to do it for us here on Signal Fire Radio. Um, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. No real substance to it, but it's important just to laugh sometimes, um, and uh, we think that's a critical part of being a complete person and a great example of how to nurture your spirit man amen yeah you like that yeah i hadn't thought about that but it just kind of happened i mean la- i mean my passion is making people laugh and seeing them smile based on something i say or do and uh, no doubt it's yours and rob dude you too so dude do open mic at decro uh, all right we're gonna <laughs> my friends made me too <laughs> right, yeah exactly we're gonna do it for i'll him, be in right? the back Boom! <laughs> <laughs> This guy's off. We'll get him off the stage. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for us on this week's episode of Signal Fire Radio. Until next time, go out there, feed your mind, strengthen your body, enrich your spirit, and grow your tribe, and go be a Signal Fire in your community. We will talk to you next week.